You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Well, hello, all. This is Al McManus from Ask for Entertainment. Just jumping on here to tell you how excited we are for January and uh, how excited we are for your Christmas holiday. Hopefully, it's great for everybody. Everybody's traveling safely. Everybody's healthy. Everyone's wise and wealthy and uh, ready to get on the ship here in January. So check out the episode. Thanks again for being part of our family. We appreciate each and every one of you. And we will see you very, very soon on the ship welcome to making waves the ship rock podcast part of the sound talent media family and the fastest growing rock music podcast in the world uh we have nearly five thousand six thousand seven thousand downloads this year alone so thank you so much for the community yes woo and uh listen guys if you check us out review rate subscribe and share please and with that said this is episode fittingly well, we're going to skip 68. This is episode 69. It's just episode Woo! 69. In honor of uh, Bones UK, Rosie and Carmen from Bones UK, thank you for joining us. I know it's late in the, well, it's early in the morning for you being yeah, in London. Right so today. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. And yeah. uh, you guys have had a, well, a very busy last part of the year. Mm. You just we had, tour. I mean, comparative to last year, I mean, comparative to 2020, yes. <laughs> well, absolutely. You just you just finished a tour with Eagles of Death Metal in your we home did. country? We did. It was the first How? time we've come back to um, the UK in uh, five years, so to do a tour. So since we left for LA five years ago, we haven't played one show in England since. So we felt very guilty and were very excited to come back. But it was so, very cold. Let me ask you. I was going to say, what's the reception of it? Like, because they feel part of like, well, they don't, they don't claim us anymore, and now you're back. I mean, what was the reception like? Pretty awkward, to be honest. No, <laughs> 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 <That's an> awkward. <laughs> they have a they short memory. Loved it. They were no. overjoyed. Yeah, it was. It was amazing to hit places like places that we'd played at. People were there that had our shirts, like our first shirts that we didn't even remember doing. Um, but. Then we played a bunch of cities we'd never been to. So it was like a, a nice juxtaposition of like a brand new crowd and then people that did remember us. And you guys had a dip too, right? It was like a one part of the tour and then you stopped for a little bit and then started back up in Europe, right? Or something like that? Oh yeah, we had the European dates. It was all meant to be in one sequential vibe, but because of COVID, that's mm. it. Um, we it. have to get up. So the, the second half is March now. Got it. So, hence why you're probably home for a while, right? Because you're like, why go back? Well, no, we're going to do Christmas. Well, we're all doing Christmas in our respective homes. Then we're going to, I live in Nashville. She's sort of Carmen's um, in sort of LA. So, we're doing um, holidays and then we go back to America in the on the 6th. And then obviously we're coming on the boat at the end of the month. So, we have yes. to get back to the US of A. Absolutely. Please get on the soil <laughs> so we can get your hair safe and soundly. Um, how was it? How was it uh, pairing up with Eagles of Death Metal? Great. Yeah, they are amazing. Like they're good friends from LA, so we sort of sort of befriended them as one of our some of our first LA friends when we moved there. Um, and they've just been so supportive. Jesse's been so amazing, and when he asked us to do the tour, it was just like the fucking perfect vibe. Um, we're such big fans, so the whole thing. And he's just like a really good friend. So it's like being on tour with family. It's it's great. Those are the best tours. That's yeah. awesome. I personally caught you guys when you played in Louisville louder than life. Yeah. And uh, it was it's interesting seeing the reception of American audiences to you guys. 
I mean, we're not, you know, it's it's not unusual to have a female led band and female fronted mm-hmm. band at, you know, of your nature, but it was really, yeah. it was really inspiring seeing people in the audience really digging what you guys are doing, especially in the middle of the day. It's usually yeah. not the kind of thing you want as a band. You want a nice small club, dirty, dark, ready to go. We always were not quite big enough to get the nighttime slots yet at those festivals. So we always have like the 3 p.m., 2 p.m., like mm-hmm. blazing fucking sunshine in your face, like yeah. really not feeling sexy at all because it's like daytime and you want to have a shot, but it's like 12. It's like, it's just like, you know, it's always a bit of a, you know, in a couple of years, I'm sure we'll be there. But like at the moment, we're still at that stage. It's always a bit, but we've seen, they, they've all been going down really well and they're so much fun. Yeah, no, my, louder- my least. Sorry, sorry, Kim, Carmen. No, I was saying louder than life was a really fun one. I'm, I'm glad you were there. We really enjoyed that one. That festival, yeah, was- yeah, it was fantastic. Weather was pristine too. So thank, knock on wood on that. So I was going to mention one thing about that 2 p.m. slot uh, outside in the that specific weather. Played it many a times across many of those festivals. I don't know if any of you guys have really dry mouths, but I sang. And whenever that would happen, it was like the first 30 seconds of this of this first song that I'm singing. All of a sudden, yeah, like my teeth are stuck to my lips and I look like a crazy race. I'm like, yes, make some. And then until I can get some water and move away from the mic, it sucks. So it's like one of, one of those big, huge screens. So it's like yeah. everyone can see it. It's like, this is like the least sexy I've ever looked in my life. Yeah, yeah, it's a great experience overall. (laughs) There was one specific time I should make a mention of this where my friend was a photographer and she worked at one of those places. She was like a photographer that would sell it to like whatever fucking news source and that would go to like all these different things. For some reason, she sent in her her photos, one of them where I looked exactly like I just mentioned, like, and uh, that photo was accidentally used for a death of some pol- politician that was supposed to be in all of uh, on all of the. So this guy dies, and it was supposed to be a photo of him, but somehow the photo of me on stage oh. at, at Epicenter or one of those festivals of literally my teeth <laughs> stuck to my lips was the photo that went across like a thousand different uh, blogs. That is a fantastic story. <laughs> yeah, so that's when you were like 2 p.m. I'm like, I know about this. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> yeah, moving on. So <clears throat> the new single, Boys Will Be Girls, is this going to be, uh, is this going to basically kind of what people can look forward to in the new album, this 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 sound, this direction, or is it just kind of a continuation of, of, the, of your album from 2019? We'll let you know when we finish the album, I suppose. <laughs> that's true. Right, but question yeah, no, answered. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna get back to you on that one. But yeah, no, this is it's definitely yeah, it's a it's 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 uh, Boys Will Be Girls is definitely like a standalone. But mm-hmm. I mean, the new album's coming together really well. It sounds um, like the old stuff, but better. I'd say more honed. The new, it's the new version of the of the us. Yeah, it's just a, it's evolution. Uh, yeah. One thing I wanted to ask you: I've listened to that song over and over again. I really oh. wanted to get familiar with it. Um, and please don't take this as any anything other than just my ears hearing it. Were you guys a fan of Blur? Oh, yeah, I love Blur. Okay, because it has kind of boys, a feel. You mean, because you mean the boys who like girls, who like boys, who dig no, girls. No, it wasn't even that. It just felt great hungry. song, though. It's, it, well, <laughs> yeah, it, fe- it feels, it sounds very English. Kind of it's that the, English. It's the chorus. I wanted the chorus to be like that chant Yeah. Thing. So I felt, yeah. I felt like when coming up with the concept of the track, I just felt like, although this is a conversation we've all started having, there's not like kind of like anthem for it. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted that chorus to be like, everyone sing along, you know? So, and I think that's something that Blur does really fucking well. It's like park life and, and all those and things where you feel I like- felt. You I, felt it was, I felt this was almost like a pub song. You know, yeah, if you want to be yeah. pissed and sort of parading along with your mates and singing it together and you and you listen to the chorus once and you get the lyrics and then you're in. So um yeah, that's a huge compliment. Thank you. Well, you're welcome because some of the some of your stuff from the the your your debut album, and again to me, it's just my ears that sometimes I hear kind of the the lighter shades of like later killing joke. There's this no. kind of industrial kind of bounce to it, nice. mixed in with the blues and everything else, and what you guys put over the top of it. So there's just all these little key little elements I hear. I'm like, I don't know if they, they're influenced by them, but that's what I hear as a listener. Yeah. So that's why I take to it. 
No, I love that. I mean, the the the, the key thing for us is to not sound like anything else you've heard before. But it's right. like, but but that means that we're probably going to sound like a lot of things you've heard before as well. <laughs> I think that's the thing is like we take like a bit of that and a tiny bit of that and a tiny bit of that. But as long as we don't sound like exactly the same as another band overall, then we're happy. Well, exactly. If you can combine yeah. all these elements together, it becomes yeah. your own sound. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. DNA is strange like that as it, as it appears in music and science, right? We don't exist without some other form of other things coming together and as it move, moves forward. I, I didn't take any of those things away from what Justin did, but that's what's great about being subjective in, in, in music. I love your band as I'm a big fan, just as the, uh, the captain mentioned, and I love the new sound and I love this. The video was fucking awesome. I just do you think it sounds different to the old stuff? Because I can't even, I can't even tell. Because so, you know, when you're making music yourself, it's like a natural. It, it does. It's not polarizingly different, yeah. but what it is is it's. It, I don't want to say mature because you guys put out a very mature 2019 record of Crush, but it felt like you did it. Like I always think about going on the road until you play those songs in front of people. You don't know what you can. You're you actually are aiming yeah. towards until you come back from it with the information and perspective and apply it to your next record. Yes. So it sounds like you ate some shit, right? You slept in some terrible places and you had some sleepless nights and then you came home and like, all right, now let's fucking put the suit of armor on and go stab some motherfuckers because that's what I took. Yeah. Well, that's good. That feels like the exact well, right. It's, 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 it remains what you guys did with the first record. We'll like, take this song and maybe a guitar song like Girls Can't Play Guitar. It's like very raw, but very cheeky and obviously very sexuality driven in, in, in that kind of way. Uh, you're yeah. playing with the gender roles and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, but that's what makes the song so fun. And because yeah. now you you have an audience that's all encompassing and it's not a girl thing, it's not a guy thing, it's everyone and everyone in between. Yeah. And it feels very current. <laughs> if I can be that, you know, like it's it's something that needs to be these are these uh conversations we're having, right? Two yeah. two dudes talking to two males in the um, two females in the in the industry. These are the conversations that need to be be happening right now. So it's not just tongue in cheek, it's more or less yeah. evidence of of a systematic change that needs to happen or at least needs to start. Yeah. I mean, it's the thing is with everything that we do, we always try and there's so many things that we want to talk about, which are very serious things, which are obviously big problems, which are things that hurt people and things that we want to address, but we never want to do it in a way that's like preachy. So you're so right that we always try and do it with a slight sense of humor and that cheeky Mm -hmm. thing. Because I think there's nothing worse than kind of feeling preached at. And there's nothing that I think alienates people from listening to the point is if they feel like they're being shouted at or, you yeah. know, someone's like shout being like, you're, so I think the way that we always try and do it is with a sort of element of, of, uh, you know, play, but all the while making an important point. I think that's why I definitely make music is to, to make those points. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to, this is a so removed question from all this, but we talk about influences and I have to go back to a song leech off the debut and Carmen, I want to know <laughs> there's a guitar part in there that is very Arabian influenced. Is that something yeah. you were like, is that something you picked up on or just kind of came out that way? Or you're trying to do that? It just, there's guitar, there's a constant guitar piece in there that has this Arabian influence, which is just so amazing because it kind of dances. Well, um, the, there's two parts in, the, in, in that song. The, the, there's two different influences. One is the Arabian thing that um, also our producer, Filippo Cimatti, like we, we played a lot, a lot with those um, major, minor, Scales that's got a major, a major fifth on a minor scale, and that's the Arabian kind of sound, whatever. But the solo itself is very Gilmore inspired. If you okay. take them apart, there's just like there's two parts. But then, um, yeah, I mean, think about it. Like, um, it could be Arabian, it could be Django Reinhardt, it could be loads of different. Um, I, I have a lot of those influences, but that 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 it's a specific note that we've used a lot in that first record. I was going to say, I just found it very interesting from a guitar playing stance that you guys can kind of go from this really like just thick American blues sound to a sound like that, just showing the various degrees of musicianship within you guys. It's always what the most important thing to us is when we're songwriting is what's appropriate to the song. So it's like, you know, it's like, what is the world that this sits in? It's like, um, 
when we did Beautiful is Boring, it was like we kept talking about how we wanted to feel like you're in like a, a vampire, you know, a club when it's like a vampire club and there's all these like freaks around and it, it has that vibe. So everything musically then fitted in, you know, once we've got the kind of what the lyrical theme will be, then the music kind of fits around it. So that's why we can kind of, we try and play as much in, in the different zones and we go in those different areas is because it's just whatever suits you know, whatever kind of point we're trying to make or whatever kind of vibe we're trying to put across. So it's like musical theatre almost. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. it's like world making, it's, which we love. But, you know, some people, yeah. we've had loads of criticism of that. People like, you know, you know it's too different. People sometimes prefer it just to be more straight down the line. But mm-hmm. we have fun doing that, so... So uh, if I can expand upon that with your songwriting in general, um, are you are you taking top line uh, vibes, to your, you, you, like the picturesque version of what you're saying, and then you're saying molding music around that, so you're structurally forming it from the, the either melody or the, the the words. It's generally generally speaking, it's different, but generally most of the time, the most successful songs that we write come from what's it going to be about. So it's like with the girls can't play guitar, for instance, um, that's like a true story that happened. This guy came up to us after a show and was like, you'll never be as good as our band because girls can't play, because girls can't play guitar. It was the boys. I rang Carmen the next day. I said, we're going to write a song called girls can't play guitar. And obviously Carmen's most, you know, the zone that she loves to explore in is this is like her fucking moment. And the zone that she loves to explore in the most is the blues. That's where she's sort of like, so like, what how that song needs to be this kind of like dirty fucking blues in which she can like put the dick on the table and be like, fuck you, mate. Yes. <laughs> As an example. Which brings, Earn which, it. I want to come yeah. back to the, the idea of using cinematic kind of visuals to, to kind of structure your songs. Obviously your videos, the aesthetic, the black mm-hmm. and white aesthetic is so amazing. And Thank I understand that those are done in-house between you two. It's all, it's Rosie's the visionary. Rosie, Rosie like, has always done all of the aesthetic, all of the, like, you, you say it, but, like, Rosie's, like, always had this, like, world and created, and she directs everything and does all of our videos. Yeah, they're very striking, and they completely stand out in a world of overdone videos. The starkness of the black and white, which are beautiful, the tones are beautiful, uh, really help them stand out and do piece together almost this storybook with each song you guys are creating a, a cinema kind of piece to go along with the music. It's, it's beautiful. Thank you. It was a really easy way when we started the band. I'm really into, I went to art school and I'm really into visuals and I wanted a way to uniform everything. And so the black and white thing was a way that no matter what, where, where you're taking a photo, what kind of a camera you're taking a photo on, wherever it is, black and white, fucking pump the contrast right up and you're in the bones world. So it was a really easy way to do that. And the, and the music video is like, I think of the music videos as I'm writing the lyrics. It's just like, this yeah. is what we're doing. You made, you made the videos what we call future-proof. Yeah, by, by you doing, did. By doing that, yeah. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, someone can watch that in 20 years and go, wow, that's that's like super futuristic yeah, still. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you mentioned yeah. something earlier. You mentioned uh, Carmen Loves the Blues. So we got to get to it. You can't play with anyone better in the blues than Jeff Beck. And you guys did an album with him in 2016. I got to hear how this came together. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. <come. laughs> um, well, no, I mean, it, it came together in, in, a, in a really, like, bizarre and organic way. Um, I've been doing some work with Roger Taylor. Roger Taylor from Queen invited me to a birthday party. I met Jeff Beck. I was like... Um, I'm in this band. I think you might really like it. I had no idea he would turn up to a show. And it was like one of our first ever Bones shows. Like literally, Rosie, it was your parents. There was a dog and another six people. And then Jeff and his wife turned up and he loved the show. Um, I don't know, said something amazing about it and took us out for an Indian dinner. And then, <laughs> and then asked us, well, asked us to go back to his like eventually like to his place and like start writing a, a record with him he said he had a tour booked he said I have a tour booked with Buddy Guy supporting <laughs> like, like what this is stupid yeah. already and he's like but I don't have an album and we need to make an album to like promote it would you guys come and write the record with me and we were like yeah obviously so we like went, we ended up just going to his house we were just sitting around his fireplace in his living room for like two months and then we just kind of put bones on and we started doing bones but it hadn't really started so we just put it on hold obviously 
<laughs> Obviously, we were like, okay. And then we just like toured the fucking world doing the record with them. So it was like, wait, it was like winning like a raffle, you know? It's like, wait, you, you got to back this up for a second. Wait a minute. So my Jeff mind just agreed, went, Oof. Yeah, Jeff agreed to a tour with Buddy Guy without a record. So basically oh, yeah. made a record in order to support the tour that he just agreed to. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, oh, yeah. He wanted, he'd, he'd done a record, but it was too instrumental and he didn't feel attached to it. And he wanted to mm-hmm. talk about certain things and needed a lyricist or like someone like Rosie. Like, I don't know. He, he just like wanted to do a brand new record. Yeah. So that was it. You know, and this all spawned guys, after your show and said Indian dinner. And then uh, from there, you were... It was, mad. it was mad. He literally took us out and was just like, yeah, this is the situation. Are you guys in or out? And it was like, well, we're obviously in, Jeff, Beck. And Did you eat your food oh, first? Did you have your full stomach? Or was no, he... he, he was that like, it was waiting. The, he said, hold the dishes for a second. No, no, you guys want to do get it? all nervous. We get all full on on. We turned up at the restaurant... Because at the time, obviously, no, we turned up at the restaurant with our amps <laughs> right from the gig. We had like full gear, full gear, full backline, drum kit, amps. Were you in Camden at this time or where are you at? Yes. Barfly? Is that what you said? Oh, King's Cross. Yeah. Dude, I know what that said. That's awesome. It was ridiculous. So. And we ended up like touring with him. We did the American tours at Hollywood Bowl, um, fucking Madison Square Gardens. Then we did like Japan. And then that was like a year. And then we sort of were, like, but that's when we decided to move to America. It was like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> the Hollywood Bowl. We're like, this is great here. We could live, we could do this forever. And then we moved to LA America. looks awesome. <laughs> which, is, which is ironic because you want to come to America because you love the opportunities, but you also covered Bowie's I'm Afraid of Americans. So, we did. <laughs> <Segway>. <laughs> a little segue, right? But I think the idea, let me now let me ask you guys. You guys go on, you're, you're going and you're doing this big tour with working with Jeff and, and you're playing these massive iconic venues. Is the idea then when you leave that and you go form your own thing, is that like basically your moment where you're like, we're going to fucking get there one day. We're going to yeah, be that it, band. Yeah. The thing is, you know, this we talk about this a lot, but the thing is like the Jeff Beck thing was fucking amazing, right? It was ridiculous. It was the best thing that's ever happened. You know what? It was, it was an amazing thing. But ultimately, you know, that audience was there to see Jeff. And they're not like, obviously they were there to see Jeff. It's Jeff Beck. Of course they're fucking there to see Jeff. So it was like, although we were doing it, it was amazing, but it definitely like, ignited that hunger to be like right no no no. this has been an amazing experience this has been wonderful but we need to now go and like focus on having people who want to see us who aren't just sort of like girls singing so that jeff can play guitar you know it was like (laughs) you know it was a great it was amazing but you felt like that a bit because it was just a legend and we had this amazing when we were touring with jeff we actually had another tour with bones at the end of it we were touring with bones and Jeff, we were sort of flacking between the two. So we were staying in like five-star hotels with Jeff and in like a big tour <laughs> bus. And then we'd go to the Bones Tour and we were like sleeping in the back of a, a, a riot van, a riot van that my friend had like... We're just like sleeping on the floor, you know, if there's all of us and like, and, and like, and like not, we didn't, couldn't afford hotels. But the best thing about that lesson early on that we had was that it wasn't better. You know what? It wasn't like, Oh, I can't wait to get back to the five stars hotel. The kind of camaraderie that you get within that environment of like hard fucking touring is it's it was a nice lesson to learn early on that all the glit, all the, uh, that stuff, you know, if you don't have the right family around you, it's yeah. It's much different when you know the secret handshake. Uh, yeah. You know, like when you're around and people who's like, what's that, dude? You ate ramen noodles too, you know, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's okay that I smell because you know yeah. that I've smelled yeah. like this and I've smelled you, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. It's, it's the best version. Yeah. It made us wanted to do it for ourselves as well. Yeah. Um, do it. I can't imagine what, so like, just, uh, uh, sorry, Justin, I know you're going to say that we're going, we're live now. Uh, yeah. You want to say? Hey, well, let me say real quick. Hey, guys, welcome everyone uh, in Facebook land. Welcome to Making Waves episode 69 with our guest, Bones UK. Please welcome Rosie and Carmen. And if you guys have questions, hey, if you guys have questions during the, the next 30 minutes, please throw them into the thread. We'll get to them and we're going to continue our conversation here um, just to kind of fill you in. Make sure, guys, Monday, this will drop the full episode. You got to check out the first half an hour. So interesting. Uh, 
how Bones got to the point they're at. And right now we're just in the middle of talking about them being on the road and being part of Jeff Beck's band and also playing separately as Bones UK during this tour. So we'll continue with Chad. So I was going to reverse before we go before we go after the Jeff Beck stuff. So what I understand, right, up until this point of this first show that you guys had played, uh, that was the most successful situation you could possibly have. You guys were in a, a band that had other members that was called, I believe, Fake Club, right? Uh-huh. Yes. And then did you guys split from that? Just the four? Was it a four piece or something? And then you were like, you guys go this way. Five piece. It was five piece all girl bands that was kind of put together. And it was just like not the one. You know, everyone was very lovely, but it was just like one of those kind of like, you guys should all be in a band together situations with big management and money. And it was just like uh, kind of, you know, it just didn't feel, you know, when the heartbeat is not beat, you know, it's like it kind of made sense on paper, but the the, the heartbeat wasn't right. Totally. So it was like, and me and Carmen hated each other. We, we were like, we the absolutely fucking hated each other. Really? Yeah. In and the five piece band? Five yeah. girls. Okay. It was like a lot of people trying to put the lead singer against the lead guitarist against each other. And then the reason why the Bones then was born, it was just like at the end of it, um, when it all fell apart, we were the only ones that really wanted to work and really believed in shit. And like just called each other up. It's like, do you want to do this? Yeah. Yeah, we're not. And it was, just, yeah, it was a, a really like amazing moment, I think, especially for me in my life. It's just like someone like we didn't like each other. And then we realized that we were the only ones that have same goal. And then we ended up being best friends after that because it was just like all the bullshit was gone. It's like the perfect Disney story. To be honest, I mean, not that like downplay, but like that's a, that's something that you can't that you can't make up. It just write written writes stuff. These two enemies in the movie, right? They end up fa- having the most heart. That's why they cared so much about being against each other is because they cared so much about the thing that they were doing. And when all the other bullshit was left around, you're like, what? Big hug, end a movie. Everybody leaves going home happy and they call their high school bully and they're like, oh, man, dude, we should start a band. <laughs> I love it. We, we should make it. We should, we've already given away the idea of live on fucking on Facebook. So we need to, we need to pay to well, that. that. that- this is your IP now. They can't take it away from us. We have no. It's going to be. It's going to be the Bones UK comic. It's going to be. It's going to be a, a comic. So, um, well, I was going to. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say it's funny you mentioned that that like you know there's like this like this infighting in this band, but then you go well the two people come out of it usually the ones that run the thing. I mean you know, like conflict's always good. Jagger and mm-hmm. and and Keith and then like, you know, obviously uh, Liam and Noel. I mean, there's always these great, the, the real creative aspects of when the two leaders kind of go at each other and then they find a common ground and decide, mm-hmm. let's just go fucking make some art. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. The most important thing is the work, you know, and the, and the mm-hmm. music. And it's hard. It's not like it's easy. It's fucking hard. Like the last yeah. tour we did was fucking hard. Like it was hard. Mm-hmm. And people are going to fight on it. It's, it. it's grueling. Like it's, and it's harder than it's ever been being a musician, just, you know, with all the different moving parts. Um, and even just like the PTSD from the past fucking year, you know, we're sort of like, we've all been let back out into the world to do our thing but we're all not quite right yet. You know, everyone's kind of, you know, we're all like, oh, it's just going to be ca- every, at every moment. We're all, we're more tense than you will probably like to let on yourself. You know, yeah. it's like, it's it's hard. But yeah, we all, we all love each other. We're such a good family. Yeah. It's Sweatpants to denim. That's what I like to call that time. Sweatpants oh, to denim. That's a hard, a real hard, like, outfit change. Yeah. In, um, <laughs> middle of the day, you're like, ah, oh, this sucks. Oh, <laughs> Sucking your gut time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely one one of the things. You're still kind of looking over your shoulder. You're like, yeah. wait, am I? What are my social bearings here? I, oh my god, I forgot yeah. how to communicate with people yeah. in a person to person thing. And like, can I stand this close? Can I not stand? It's just yeah, it's crazy. It was so hard. Like when we, I felt so out of shape. I mean, we did the, the first festival back, and just like moving and singing, I was like. Good God, I haven't like I used to do this. Like I used to like move and sing and play guitar at the same time. I was so out of breath. I was like, fuck, I need to start working out immediately. And then I did my back in. So <laughs> damned, a, if do, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Hey, Carmen, so like I gotta ask you this then, because I I, th- I think about this all the time. The band I was in split up and it d- December 2019. <laughs> then had no idea what was going to happen. Right. So uh, I'm just like, Whoa, watching all my friends deal with all the stuff on the road or whatever. Well, 
you know, wondering what this is going to be like right now when you step onto that stage. Like you said, you haven't, you think you're ready. All the gymming in the world, all the at home practice in the world, you're going back to your pentatonics and then you fucking hit that stage. How do your fingers feel? Like, you know, when you're playing some of the stuff that I've seen you, I watched a bunch of live videos. I'm like that probably now I'm thinking about it. That probably felt a little uh, tendonitis or whatever <laughs> when you hit that stage. How do you feel when you walk out? There? I don't know. I, I mean, for me, like going, getting back to stage was the best thing. Because like, um, personally, like during the lockdown, I had a lot of insecurities and a lot of like a, a down moment where I just kind of stopped playing and I felt really insecure. And I went through all these things of like trying to find myself and everything. And by the time we were hitting the festivals again, I'd been working through that and practicing. And but by the time I got to the stage, it was a moment of like, oh fuck, this is where I belong. This is, it, it like just came naturally, and that's my happy place. In a, that that half hour, and hopefully soon it'll be longer sets. But like that moment is just it comes naturally to my fingers. I I, I struggle more not doing it on stage than I do like just performing it just it just comes but um yeah it was stiff stiff for a bit that that was very interesting a perspective of that i didn't think about in all of that is like oh shit here i am thinking about like my our backs right and then when you have like the thing that you use to speak to the world with and you get to actually say something for uh the first time in a long time it's got to be overwhelmingly cool feelings yeah, I was like, oh shit, you're an idiot, Chad. I'm sorry. I think Great, the really awesome. The really, the really interesting part about all of that is that you, we talk, we think about the artists going back on stage after this hiatus, but you also have audiences who have not stood and watched live music in forever. Their ears are still kind of trying to figure out yeah. what I do. So basically, you can kind of fuck up together a little bit. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and no one's judging anymore. They're like, man, they're just pulling for you. Because they're 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 fucking just happy to be there again. Oh, God, it feels somewhat normal. Yeah, it's. it's I, 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 I feel, just fart into the microphone yeah, for half an hour. Just give me something or a it snare was, drum. Yeah, I saw the um, I saw Food Fighters. It was like the first show back. I first show that I saw was the Food Fighters at Madison Square Gardens. It was like mm -hmm. the fucking. I think it was one of the first like that was the first concert back at Madison Square Gardens. My fucking god, the energy like in that room of like everyone, like you know, just looking at that even just like the overwhelming sight of all those people in the same place. You know, it's like fucking hell. You tell Dave Girl was just like almost crying. It was, it was, it's been such a journey. Um, yeah, and it's been so nice to be back playing again. Do you remember what they opened up with? That's a curious situation because if it's the first song, it's first song of the reopening of this fucking massive place with all these people. What was it? I think it might have been I got a confession to make. Great I, think it was like, I think I did it. I think I did. I don't want to quote because there's going to be someone who's like was there. I'm like, fuck you. That's not what they played. But um, I think it was that and I think it was like acapella. Fuck. I did it like, it was like, and everyone was like, Cry and it was like we're all hugging each other, probably really bad for COVID. We're all like I'm weeping to <laughs> each other. It was so good. Music's that's, power, man. That's awesome. All right. Well, speaking of being back, uh, we're finally back for our cruise, and you guys have never done a cruise. And yeah. that's gonna be the same in a smaller level, the same though, kind of joy of being back to this thing that brings you so much well, joy. Mm -hmm. and love and camaraderie and community. So I think there'll be quite a few tears shed by people just have a fucking relief out of anything like, fucking finally, we've been working on this thing for, what, 24 months now. So there's definitely that. So you guys will be able to kind of see that and kind of go, I know what that feeling is. Can't wait. I, I, I just only met you guys and, and met, meeting the captain. Everyone seems so lovely. And so we're just so excited to be part of this. We're really pumped. It, you, it, I can't wait to talk to you after this, this ship because uh, I, I also am so curi curious what Justin mentioned, like the fact that the, the thousands of people who are on that and have been loyal fans forever and continue to like push what this experience is forward and forward. And you know about the ship because of other bands. I know about the ship because of knew about the ship because of other bands. And then subsequently here I am talking to you, uh, you know, because of this whole ship. The camaraderie that you're speaking of um, in the Foo Fighters show, 
it, it's going to last a long time after the ship docks. It's just how it works. People lo- will will always sh- turn out for you. You know, not just in not just at their shows, but like for you, it becomes a family, right? Like and uh, what's that? Is it like summer camp? Yes, exactly. Exactly like. I feel like you're going to see like the same group like down at the bar. You'd be like Eddie, and is there? Yeah, summer. Yeah, summer camp with a bar tab. Absolutely. I, 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 I literally just got a text from Johnny Tempesta, the drummer from the cult. He's like, can't wait to see you on the ship. Yeah. 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 Johnny Tempesta. Yeah. We did. He's, he's, yeah. It's been on the ship. Plus we've also John, had him yeah, here. Yeah. John, yeah. John, John is basically, yeah, we have, we have a, a John Tempesta wing in the boat. That's. Yeah. yeah he just said, I can't wait to see you, to see you and Rosie. See, and then when you walk off that, that, that ship and you're going to be experiencing something that there's only, I, mean, I don't even know how many bands that maybe two, maybe you, and uh, I'd have to look at the list again, but uh, not only will it be your first ship, a cruise ship, it'll be the first time that these people have come been able to come back and see something like this. And you're going to experience it all like freshly after you toured a little bit, but like freshly after like what you guys had just came off of at the end of the year uh, cycle, it'll hopefully give you like a whole new lease on like humanity. At least I'm hoping it does that for me. Uh, so. It's going to be like an experience. We're going to buy captain's hats and wear them for the whole time. Yeah. And then you drive the ship. absolutely have to. Yeah, yeah. You absolutely have to. Right? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to give you something. <laughs> is that like dinner at the captain's table? Is that a thing? I feel like I want that to be a thing. Is that a thing? Oh, Alan will make that happen. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Score. So, you might even you be can able definitely to go on a tour of the bridge. You can see that yeah. you can go up on the on the bridge and can see Woo! how the ship is directed. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, can we ask you some can we ask you some questions that might be lean into a little bit of an existential thing? We call it uh walking the plank. Uh oh. And it's not necessarily about the band. It's not necessarily even about music sometimes. Uh, we ask you a question, each of us, and then we usually have the fan ask a question. And I actually have a question from our last guest that I'll ask you. Okay. And then you'll get to ask a question to the next guest, but you don't know who the next guest is. So it's your own version of it, an existential question. Um, so mine, if you don't mind us starting, uh, my question to you is uh, both, uh, and I'll start with you, Rosie. Do you believe in coincidence or synchronicity? Yeah, I believe I believe that everything happens for I definitely believe that you're exactly where you're meant to be at the time you're meant to be there. So awesome. Yeah, I that feel works. like is that the right answer to that question? They're all the right answer because it's how you feel. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that everything, like everything, yeah, definitely hundred percent. Your, the reason why I chose that question is because yeah. of your uh I had another question, I was like I'm going to have to change this. Chad, because of go. This whole Just back. go with it, man. You know no, I'm what? asking the same question to Carmen. Okay. No, okay. I did. did you not listen? No, I, I thought you had a secondary question. Oh, no, no, no. I had one, and then I wanted this to be it now. No, I so, didn't ask a second question. Otherwise, it would be the same answer. Is it? Most likely, you, yeah, of course. I, I, I do think that, like, yeah, yeah. So I, you I believe so you, you share the same exact version of uh, of an answer. You believe that everything has its place and everything has a place in the fabric of time and it's supposed to be that way based upon where you are? Oh, it's different. I think <laughs> things can change. So. Well, yeah, well, things can change. But I mean, I think that um, right place, right time, I don't, I, I don't want to overthink that question either. But okay. um, it's also something that like, yeah. I mean, if it happens, you can judge it for what it is in the moment, but you can't like over predict too much of whatever. If, if it happens, it happens for a reason, and you gotta work around it. I don't know. I think you can, I, I think I don't think everything's totally written though. I do like I don't think that it's like no, oh, this, your path is already decided for you. Um, just to add. No. Just to add. It's an interesting, it's an interesting, I mean, um, train of thought when you start to really think about it. You don't have to be committed to it. It's just a question. But I do, I I, I do love your answers. So thank you. That was my question. Uh, I'm going to bring my question back to music. And I want to know from each of you, we'll start with you, Rosie. What song, uh, what song basically brings back the strongest memories for you? It's got to be, um, there's a Randy Newman song called Marie. Oh no, 
Yeah, Marie. The song called a Randy Newman track called Marie. And it's like, you look, do you know this song? Do you know Randy Newman? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, at first I thought you were going to say short people. I'm like, you know, you're kind of tall, no, so I get it. I am very short, so it's not that. And it's not like a bullying song. There's a song called Marie. My dad was, <laughs> at, my dad is an absolutely huge Randy Newman song, Randy Newman fan. And I remember when I was tiny, tiny, tiny and playing it to me as like an, an example of beautiful storytelling within a song. So it's Randy Newman's Marie. So Marie just reminds you of your father. It reminds me of my father, but it also reminds me of the first time that I like sat down and listened to lyrics mm-hmm. and listened to like someone putting together um, a piece of music to tell a story. And I, I always remember that because it was like, oh, wow, he's really painted a picture here. Yeah. Carmen, mm-hmm. uh, what song evokes the strongest memories in you? Um, well, uh... Uh, you can't always get what you want. The Rolling um, Stones? Stones, yeah. Um, just because I've said this before, but it's just like a very vivid memory. My parents, um, very unmusical parents, but music lovers. Always had a jukebox in the house and there was just like this track and um, my dad used to say, this is my religion. And I remember him saying, you you want but if you try sometimes you, you just might find you get what you need it was like this is what we're preaching this is what we believe in and that was just kind of like and and I also have very fun memories of like playing it with my friends and in bars and stuff like that so it's just like um a couple of chords and a very significant song have you guys been to Amsterdam oh yeah <laughs> I'm do you guys recall, do, okay do you do you recall What's the name of the bar that has that on the awning? It has you can't always get what you want on the awning outside the bar. It's it, it's in Lede Plus. I, I I can't remember what I know exactly which one you're talking about. Okay, so. just reminding me when you said that. I thought that's very yeah. very cool. Yeah, um, my, my father is Dutch, so there. Yes, obviously the name should have been a dead giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, listen. Before, I wanted to talk to you about the Unplugged album, the EP. Uh, listening to that is it, it's amazing to listen to because now as a listener I can hear kind of more of the textures of the songs other than focusing on the lyrics and the themes I hear some really incredible textures in playing when it's when everything's kind of stripped away you can really heal it so Rosie talking about Randy Newman stripping things away mm-hmm. I felt that when I listened to the Unplugged record thank you it was Carmen's but I mean when we the, it was all started because the label was like We'd like some um, we'd like some acoustic version of some songs, and obviously us being us, I came up with like a movie that I wanted to make, and Carmen wanted to like orchestrate like a whole new version. <laughs> we're like we don't do things like simply, so I was like we're going to make a short film, and Carmen's going to rearrange all the tracks so that they're like with an orchestra, not an orchestra, like some strings and stuff. So it was her, she did the music. Well, yeah, no, because they they came just expecting us to do an acoustic version, just like acoustic guitar and vocal. And yeah, Rosie had this whole idea of the short film with all these creatures and everything. And the whole acoustic EP was recorded all live with an audience at YouTube studios and, and, and filmed. So it was just um, uh, two, two takes of each song, which is like, um, yeah, we rearranged them all and reorchestrated them because it was, it was fun. It was a beautiful experience. That's yeah, awesome. the, yeah, beautiful. I, I know Chad has a question uh, that he still needs to ask, but I wanted to speak when you talked about rearranging it. Beautiful is boring took on a whole, it it almost became like a new oh, song. Yeah, I love that version. Like, I, and I did, we perform it quite a lot when we're doing sort of the radio rounds. Um, it was really nice to sing it. Like, it was really nice to perform it like that. You kind of, you can uh, tune into the lyrics more. For me, it's really nice to yeah. do that. Yeah, and it's kind of dark. I remember singing the melody over the top and this weird sort of slightly ver- slight variation on the melody came out immediately and it was it was amazing. It was fun to explore that. Yeah, one one of my favorite things is rearranging songs. So putting adding different chords to a, a pre-existing song is kind of a, a fun thing. The, you- the melody, everything was there already. It just, you know, it's just a different take on it. Uh so with the Riot Games um, stuff. Then, if I can move into that real quick, did you? Yeah. Get, did they just take your master, or did you get to rearrange a song, or did you make it right directly for 
the, the, the sh- okay. So they, they, they contacted, it was fucking wild. We were in the middle of, we were, doing, we were doing the demos for the second record and they got in contact saying they were fans of the band and they wanted us to work on it. And we're not like gamers, so we didn't know like the gravitas of how cool it was, this thing. Um, we got told about it. We were like, oh yeah, it's like whatever, it's like arcane fucking riot games thing, whatever. <laughs> like suddenly learned, they're like, oh my God, this is like fucking sick. And they sent us the show. First of all, they sent us some some copies um, of the show, and we just were immediately hooked. Like the animation is just like ridiculously fucking beautiful, um, and they and we worked with this amazing guy on it, and he sent us through some instrumental ideas that he had. Yeah, some instrumental ideas that we had, and we just top lined it, and then worked out some common did some guitars. So it was a collaboration between us and the producer, who's an incredible guy. The whole team is so cool. Like, they're so cool. And to be part of that was just such an honor. We didn't, like, realize it at the beginning of the process, but we, like, sure as hell realized it by the end, how, like, amazing it was to be part of that. But, yeah, yeah it was a, it was a big collaboration. We, we usually work with the same producer, and it was a different producer. It was this lovely guy. That's, I mean, that's so cool that you went into it uh, and you got to, like, experience. I'm not a gamer either. Like, I don't play, yeah. but I understand the the uh, the terrain, you know, what's going on there. Uh and when I read that, I was like, oh, fuck, that must have been like just mind. And then when you're like, we weren't gamers, I'm like, that's even cooler because you just did something <laughs> so sick. That, like, <laughs> it happened to us with the Bowie tribute as well when we did the David Bowie one. Um, when, the, when Howard Stone asked us to, I'm afraid of Americans. <laughs> we didn't know I'm afraid of Americans. We were like, let's just mm-hmm. Google this song because it's a lesser known Bowie song. <laughs> Yeah, the arcane thing though opens you up to a whole new audience. I know. That may have not been there prior. So yeah. It's- it was like number four. When it first went up, when it first got it was like number four in the in the some kind of a chart on Spotify. It was amazing. that's crazy i love it i love that i love the story too and the energy that you were just like yeah that's fucking good what is that (laughs) (laughs) i know we loved it it. we we performed at their one of the event things that just happened like the launch thing that's what i thought it was at first i thought and then i read i read in a little bit further i'm like oh shit they didn't just do the show which is also dope they did the fucking song that you're uh, i'm listening to right now that is in the, oh my god they must have been huge gamers it did like this they did this launch like this immersive but then we were done secret cinema so on this like sort of um you sort of meet an actor and he tells you to go down a corridor and find another it's one of those like immersive experiences which I fucking absolutely love like it's my fucking happy mm-hmm. place so like they did one of those and we're playing we're like at the end of the game when you get there then we're playing on stage and there's Paris in it and me Arby's it's loads of cool artists it's so sick that just gave me shivers uh, I do have one last question for making the waves from our last guest and then I will yeah. shut up uh, and let you guys get to sleep because it is pretty late out there um so last last episode we had um she'll be on the boat her name is um, madame mayhem she's uh, going to be with the um um is, she, is the band playing justin or is it just the uh, she'll be with stowaways stowaways okay her question for who you are for you guys that she didn't know who it was going to be was what band has been the best band you've toured with and why That's a loaded question, isn't it? That's hard yeah, to say. It's tough. Um, yeah. I'd say my personal favorite would have been Grandson, who's also uh, gonna be on the boat. Yo, wow. I was gonna say great dude. Grandson's on okay. Well, I well, I smell a collaboration on the boat, Chad. What do you think? Oh. It's going to be like I in the see- karaoke room. It's going to be like us all in the karaoke room. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I'll show you where this piano is when we get on there. And it's a secret <laughs> space. And we'll just go jam out there. So, okay. Yeah. So um, so then what What would you like to ask our guest next week? How many years did Give me a sec. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. I wish I had the. Uh, well, while you're while you're while you're coming up with that, while you're thinking, I'll 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 kind of talk to the people. I okay, hear no, no, my, my my question okay. is okay, um, because because I listen to very well, 
we we do some like in the dressing room very different music to what we play Mm-hmm. So, um, what is the music that calms you down, like before before you go on stage? What's your your go to music before you go on stage? I typed that down. I now I gotta ask, what is it? What do you guys listen to that calms down or pumps you up? What is it? I have, some I have the tiger. The song I have the tiger. I thought the driver. said. No, but sometimes we, we put coffee table jazz sometimes. Coffee table jazz mixed with Eye of the Tiger. Mm-hmm. That's oh. awesome. Yeah. Mine was New Noise by this band called a Refused. And that was what I had in my ear, earbuds. And then it became this Billie Eilish song, You Should See Me in a Crown. And that's what I listened to every time before I went on the stage for the last tours we did. That's an interesting one, one though, uh, Eye of the Tiger. Yeah, t- I'm going to listen yeah, to that right now. Yeah. For one tour, with, I think it was highly suspect, but as an actual legitimate walk-on song, which is an embarrassing period. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> were, you like, were you on tour with them? Dag, 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 Yeah, perfect. That's a good one, guys. It was so hard to walk to as well. I'd be like, dang. My question wasn't the walk-in song. It was just what what calms you down before going Yeah, well, the, well okay. before they got hey, it. 10 minutes, 10 minutes. What calms you down before yeah. before entering, the, before taking the stage is what I wrote. Yeah, down. yeah. Got it. All right. Well, listen, we've had you guys for an, an hour and we can't thank you enough uh, considering wow. it's 2 a.m. your time right now. And Thank you so much for everything. We appreciate it. And speaking of live, we'll see you in January, guys. Remember, Bones UK is part of our uh, Ship Rock 2022. And if you guys haven't checked them out, check them out beforehand. Uh, Sumerian Records, I can't even speak anymore. Their debut, check that out. Get fully ingrained. Know every word, because that way you can sing it back to them when they're playing. And also check out the new tracks, Dirty Little little Words. Dirty little animals. animals. Jesus Christ. It's only, it's eight o'clock here. And then uh, boys will be girls. Check it out. Check out the video. Check out all the videos. They're beautifully done, black and white aesthetic videos. And you guys surely enjoy them. Um, Thank you, Rosie Carmen. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah. See you soon. Thank you for being here. Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal the Man, to Fat Mike from No Effects, and Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media.